Ho, 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 it's time to go Back to the dungeon far below Players arriving, time to die some dice Oh Grab some fun Yeah It's time for It's time for You know it's time for those crazy teachers in the dungeon Hello and welcome to Teachers in the Dungeon. It's another episode and this is the podcast where we talk about Dungeons and Dragons. We talk about our Dungeons and Dragons games. We talk to creators of Dungeons and Dragons. We just, we love Dungeons and Dragons on this podcast. <laughs> welcome to Teachers in the Dungeon. I'm Tom Gross with Dan Ream. How are you today, Dan Ream? We are at the end of a four-day week at school. So yes. I'm, I have a cup of tea in front of me. Oh, I'm doing nice. good. Excellent, excellent. Yes, it's always nice when you have those four-day weeks and you got a nice long weekend ahead of you. So, awesome. Well, man, we've got a lot to talk about in our show today. So let's start with our question of the week. Right. I like, I like it. We're actually going to go same same vein of question, but we're each going to approach it from a different way. Right. So, Tom, what has been your favorite villain to square off against in D&D adventures so far? I think in our adventures, my favorite, the favorite villain to face off against is Blue Denor. Is that his name? <laughs> yes. Well, what is his actual name? Because then we called him Blood Donor. And <laughs> no, no, no. That, the Chris, Chris Metz, this was an enemy we imported in from Chris's character's backstory. Yes. So Rix's backstory and so that was the name that Chris gave him. Blue Denor. And I, okay, so what I liked about him so much was number one, I had no idea who this guy was. He just started turning up in conversations as someone that we're kind of a, a, against or chasing. He had knowledge or Chris's ship. And I remember Borm just being, what is this guy? And so then when we finally caught up with him, I guess, in, was it? Genge. Yes, in Genge. We, we knew that he was in a hideout, in a building, and man, did we botch this so bad <laughs> because we knew he was in this building, or at least we, we suspected he was in the building, and we just went in the front door, and we went charging in, and no one ever thought to, hey, let's check and see if there are any back doors <laughs> or side doors or anything, and we we got in there and we like ransacked the place and discovered that, oh, there was a back door where they do shipments to and from. And so it wasn't even like a secret door. <laughs> it was it was like a cargo door. <laughs> and so a barn door or whatever. We, we missed him there. And just he's been so slippery. And I just the mystery of him. And, and what I love about it is that he comes from someone's backstory. It's not someone right. that you like created as a main storyline and so i don't know if we're gonna encounter him again or have to chase him down again we have his ship right we do yeah yeah so we so have he's, his yeah, he's ship. still around he could come back and so so i i just i really liked that 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 i didn't really know who he was but i knew he's an important person to catch 
and the fact that we thought we had him, he didn't even slip through our fingers. He just went out the back door, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I think is fantastic. So Blue Denora would be my favorite uh, villain to chase after. Cool. So from my standpoint, I wanted to go ahead and share my favorite villain to play against you guys so far in these adventures. And, and you know, honestly, once you started talking, all of a sudden a bunch came into mind. And I very minor enemy standpoint, we haven't got there yet. But the Red Caps were a lot of fun to play. Oh, yes. They were, uh, <laughs> they were, they were just ornery and, and funny and and silly all at the same time. Those are fun. But I suppose, and, and actually this one is also one that I played against you, but it was in the kids group. Oh. So okay. this, it does figure into the larger mythos of our first adventure, but it was prequel material, if mm -hmm. you will. So I actually had fun playing Skandar the Blue Dragon. Oh, yes. <laughs> so... I tried, I, I, I was a little slow on the uptake, but learning as a DM, it's okay to throw things that are way too powerful against you guys mm -hmm. because one of the things you have to learn is when to run away. Yeah. Or, or show your throat, you know. And, and so I tried to make money. it so obvious because you were level two, I yep. think. Yeah, I think that's right. And this was an adult blue dragon. Mm -hmm. And... It was fun, and as I read about them, I actually kind of liked them because, I mean, they're, they're considered, considered lawful evil, but the more you read about them, I feel like they're just kind of misunderstood. Oh. It, it was fun to have him. You, you were trespassing. You were trying to get across his territory before right. he found you, but he did, and yeah. he burned the, the sand into glass all around you <laughs> first thing with his lightning breath and yes. dropped down. But he wasn't, he, he was just offended that you would cross. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I remember that we offered money to him or, or an offering to him. And I remember uh, brother tried to not give away all the money because he wanted to you know, <laughs> keep some of it to donate to the, to the places that he donates to. And I failed miserably on my uh, deception role. That's right. And and I was and he was like, are you tricking me or something? I was like, ah, no, here. You just take it all. Just take it all. Leave us be. And the funny thing with that interaction was being with the kids is I don't know that they really sensed. I mean, it was a dragon to them, which would they I think they naturally was like were like, whoa. But I don't know that they felt the, the danger of right. it like I did I know I know right. what the capability of a second level character is and I know what the capability of an adult dragon is yes. so I felt a little bit more of the fear than I think they did but I think they were they thought it was really cool that they were talking to a dragon so this was yes this was part of the adventure where you and Corey yeah were with your kids yep and yep. playing along so I was DMing for you guys so yes I did that's probably another reason why the blue dragon was a little more cordial Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna right. send you right. <laughs> send your kid, your girls home crying that <laughs> their characters got ripped into pieces and oh well nothing a few <clears throat> Oreo cookies couldn't handle I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> well I've run this again with another group oh okay. and that helped me that helped me to fine tune it mm -hmm. and this is a group of grown up guys so I didn't have to be quite so uh, sure. careful but it was fun to <laughs> it's awful to say it this way it was fun to bully them a little bit yeah. 
and make it very clear that you don't want to fight this. You just need to find your way out some other way. Yep. Yep. And that's that's good for players to, to see and face because actually what it does is it increases the role play value of it. Yes. And to know that there's there's not, there's more to D&D than just the fighting. Right. Right. And yes, and that is a level you don't really think about. Yeah. I think I know I when I went into our first adventures, the assumption was if there's something in front of me, I just need to kill it. Yep. And and part, that's the part of the nice way that mm-hmm. this game has evolved is the, the thought that no, you've got to use your judgment, and there have to be other ways to get around yeah. obstacles. And I, you know, that's it. It's also adds to since since we've been playing about four years now with our our teacher group. One thing I started playing with as a DM that I'd never done before was giving experience for avoiding situations or playing through something right. that because experience generally comes with defeating someone. Well, you know, experience comes with negotiation. Experience comes with knowing when to run and knowing when not to. And so I started giving you guys experience for your role play and for your character's role play and for avoiding or finding a, a safe way around something, which I think is is legit with, with in life. You know, we learn by doing or not doing. And so I think our characters can too. And so I started giving experience for things like that. And it occurs to me that one thing I learned at GaryCon or saw demonstrated for me is being a little more free with giving out inspiration. Yes. Too. Yes. And that's another good good reward for that sort of decision making. Yeah, and I always forget about that. And one thing, one rule that I forgot about when we were at GaryCon and we played, you get one inspir- inspiration point at a time. You can't bank them. Right. So there's no reason to really save them because, hey, you might turn around and do something great. And I remember that happened in one of the games where someone did something great two times, almost two times in a row, and he's like, I give you an, exper- an inspiration point, but you already have one. Like, yeah. Oh, I should have used it somewhere. <laughs> so don't hang on to those inspiration points if your DM's giving them out to you. Right, right. So you got it. So what's the question you want to formulate for everybody else? Uh, tell us about, I guess either one. Yeah, tell, if sure. If you've been DMing, tell us about a really cool villain or antagonist that you mm-hmm. you've developed. One other thing, and again, this is this this could turn into a show all on its own. Yeah is it's fun to have antagonists turn into allies or vice versa yeah. as you go along. You've, but tell us about something like that. Yep. Or just a, a, a bad guy that you've really enjoyed facing off yeah. against. Sure. Okay. So I didn't mention it at the opening of the show, so this is a good time to say it. With that feedback on your antagonist encounters, share it with us on Twitter at Dungeon Teachers or on Instagram or Facebook, Teachers in the Dungeon, mm-hmm. or send us an, an email at teachersinthedungeon at gmail.com. Speaking of social media, let's head to social media really quick for some comments that people have been sharing with <laughs> us. Yeah. Um, after our last episode, oh, our taxes. <laughs> our taxes made his first appearance, and you'll hear him, I believe, sometime soon uh, in this ep- episode. But Captain Rick's Maddie at Rick's Captain on Twitter says, Oh, our taxes, you made me almost spit take this morning. I think that might be a typo for spit tea. No, or spit, spit take, take a thing. Means okay. You spit your drink. Yep. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So I learned something new there. So <laughs> our taxes is out there making us spit take out there. And then another one, 
Once recently, uh, or a couple, uh, I guess about a week ago, this one went out on Twitter where we said, we love our art for first edition, and we do. We posted a image from Player's Handbook, first edition of a, a magic mouth on the corridor wall with some gnome, a gnome and some, uh, like anything with dwarves. <laughs> what the heck? With a gnome and some dwarves <laughs> in this corridor. And I, uh, we put the question, what warning was this magic mouth from Player's Handbook giving to this adventuring party? And uh, we got a couple of responses on that one. The first from, I think it's Badger Deutsch. That help me out here, Dan. You're the yeah. You're the language person. Okay, Bad, uh, Badger Deutsch says Xenophus bids you welcome, fodder. Choose the wrong path to meet your doom. Choose the right path. Live, but be lost for eternity. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that is fantastic. And our friend Greg at Rebel Base Card says I loved that this was a group of dwarves with a halfling. Orcs ahead, perhaps. (laughs) You never know what those magic mouths are there to warn you about. So that was a lot of fun. Look to our social media for questions like that. Give us the feedback. Let us know what you're thinking on this question here. So when we were at GaryCon, we went to the expo uh, Mm -hmm. where the vendors were. And one of the places I was really looking forward to uh, visiting was Cobalt Press. Right. And, and actually getting to look at and hold the books that they have. They've got a great selection of, I guess, what I would call third-party Dungeons & Dragons uh, material. Third-party makes me feel like third <laughs> third world, like it's not the best. You guys, this stuff is awesome. And it's don't think it that, it's that at all. Just third-party meaning it's not a Wizards of the Coast book, just another group. So I picked up a book called The Vault, or I'm sorry, not The, it just is Vault of Magic by Phil Larwood, Jeff Lee, and Christopher Lockie. It's a book, oh, let's see, it is about 235, 230, 240 pages. Hardbound. Hardbound book. It, I like the fact, I feel like the direction they're going is, this makes it sound bad, and I apologize, I think it's cool, but you know, if you liked, if you liked the Dungeon Master's Guide, you'll love Vault of Magic. Okay, yes. That sort of thing. It's set up to resemble the the structure of the official publications and such, but with all new content. So right. that's something I do find kind of interesting that, that they do. Yeah. So what we wanted to do today is share with you some... We've, we have flipped through this, and by no means have I taken the time to look at every single page and every single magic item in here, but we both have flipped through the book with some detail, and we've picked out some magic items that really caught our eye. I feel like I'd like to circle back and do a more in-depth review of it. Absolutely. They've got several different sections, different types of magic items, and they're very creative in their in their categories, in that there's, there's the ones you expect. There's mm-hmm. wands and rods and rings, but there are some others that are more... That, that are unexpected. Right. And that, it kind of made me chuckle. But we'll we'll save that because I think you had something specific for us to look at today. Okay. Right? In in the book? Yeah. Yeah. So just give, to give you sort of a, a flavor of this, this, I just, when I came across this and the book, I was like, oh my gosh. Normally I just pass through the introductory pages and get right to the table of contents or right into the content. And I came across this um, at the very beginning in page three. Deborah Ann Wool 
Yes. She's an actress and mm-hmm. an avid Dungeons & Dragons player. I know Deborah Ann Wool through the series Daredevil that originally aired on Netflix and now is on Disney+. Plus. She plays a, char- a pretty major character in that. Where would other she people also, know? She also, well, this is older, but she also played a pretty important character in True Blood. Ah, that's right. So that, that show, there's a lot of Dungeons & Dragons mm. connections there that Joe Manganiello... It had, had a big role in that. Yeah. And I think we'd already said the songwriter, the I believe the guy who wrote the theme song, right. we saw him at Gary Conn. We did, yeah. Well, I saw him walk by. We didn't get he a He walked by, yeah. <laughs> we, were, we weren't shaking hands with him or anything. <laughs> should have. He probably would have. We just didn't recognize him. He was too, a little far away. And, and I remember looking over my shoulder saying, I think that's the guy that... And then I had to explain to you who it was, and by then he was long gone. Yeah. So you go into a long table of contents, but so what Dan and I are going to do is we're going to share with you some of the items of, of interest that we came across here. Three favorites, right? Three favorites that we came across here. So I said, I said, hey, Dan, why don't you look through, come up with three favorites. Quite frankly, I think you came up with a few more than that, didn't you? Yes, I have 23. <laughs> so And 20-some, it doesn't even scratch the surface. No, this, of, was, this was skimming. This was, I yeah. found one on a page and I just had to keep going. Because yeah. I knew we were doing this this afternoon and I had to get done. Right. So I think what we'll do is we'll just go back and forth like we've done in the past. And I don't know about you. I wrote down page numbers so that I can read people the description. But you maybe already have the description or just what what caught your mind, your uh, eye on right. it. So just I'll, before I let oh. us jump in. So you you had suggested again to help me uh-huh. call this down to limit my favorites to things I would love to be able to play. Oh, yeah. So before I do that, though, there were some that just made me laugh that I had to share. There's a lot of humor. Let's let's do that first. Okay. Let's talk about the ones because, and again, we were talking about this today at lunch at work. I think that some of this is part of what a third-party company can do. Because, you know, Wizard, in my mind, Wizards of the Coast, while they can do some tongue-in-cheek things, they can't probably stretch to some of the silliness that I think some of this addresses, yes. which I think is is cool. And mm-hmm. um, and so what were some of the things, because I saw some, but I didn't write any of them down. So what are some of the ones you, you caught? I don't even know what order to do these in for the most effect, but I liked the rod of bubbles. <laughs> and the result isn't even silly, but just the name made me laugh. You can you can put a bubble around someone, a bubble of water. Okay. And it it's kind of difficult to get out of. So it's it's mm. it's a it's a legit weapon, but it just I get a, funny. I get a picture in my head that this wand is packaged in a pink box with bubbles on the front <laughs> that says something smiling like smiling little girl with a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right with exactly. a plastic crown. Do you want me to go through them, or do you want to? Did you have some that you wanted to? No, go ahead. Okay, go ahead okay. and share the ones that you okay. thought were funny. So another one, the comfy slippers. Yes, <laughs> I just love these. They're common. They're a common item. They don't do anything for you except make your feet comfortable. But that's such a wonderful color item that you could add so much yeah. flavor with. And then uh, the butter of disbelief. <laughs> Which I looked at it, and I'm old enough to know, oh, that's a play on, I can't believe it's not, not butter. butter, right. Margarine. <laughs> and so it you cut pieces off of it and throw them, and they become the grease spell. Nice. Obviously. I really like that. And then the one that, that builds apparently on a spell from one of their other books is Cloak of Squirrels. Oh. Where you can cast 
Legion of Rabid Squirrels spell. (laughs) (laughs) So the image of waves of chittering, screeching, mangy, saliva dripping squirrels. Just a torrent of them coming out of this open Rushing cloak, out of your yeah, <laughs> over your shoulder and attacking like whatever. Your enemy. Yeah, that those were were very funny. Those are good. I really like those, and I'm sure there are more of those uh, fun oh, yeah. little Easter eggs throughout the throughout the rest of the book. And I don't know. I'm looking at the name of one of my things that I'm going to talk about, and maybe maybe this is, and I just don't know the movie well enough. So we'll have to. I'll point it out when I when we talk about it. Okay, so let's go through our first one, then we'll take a little break, and then we'll come back and finish our list. So um, I'll go ahead and get started, yeah. if that's all right. The, my first one is a common item, and in fact, it's the very first item in the entire book. I told you about this when we when we were having lunch one day, and this is called Agile Armor. Again, it's a common item, and it says this magically enhanced armor is less bulky than its non-magical version. While wearing a suit of medium agile armor, the maximum dexterity modifier you can add to determine your armor class is three instead of a two. While wearing a suit of heavy agile armor, the max dex for a modifier you can add to your, uh, determine your armor class is one instead of zero. So what I really like about this is, you know, there are those times, especially early levels, when someone wants magical armor to erase that um, cumbersome whatever penalty, right? But you're like, oh, you're like second level. I'm not really gonna hand out, you know, magical armor. But I also want to throw them a bone and give them something to work for. This would be to me a really cool thing to give to uh, low level players to get them, give them a feel for magic, to get the value of magic and give them a little bit of a bonus to um, something that they're wanting without giving away the bank with, you know, plus two chainmail armor or something like that. I also see this as something that could probably be created by, you know, someone in a small town. If you go to a smith or a magic user Mm, in a small town, um, a wizard, this would be something that probably would be affordable for a low-level character to be able to do. So they might take their own armor and say, hey, can you make this agile armor to give me you know, the bonus on my decks or something? And so it seems like something that's, that is magical, but without like throwing, you know, quote, magical stuff to your players. It doesn't, it doesn't overbalance anything. Yeah. Because if they don't have good decks, it doesn't do them any good. Right. So right. it's... It would, I mean, it's very targeted, and it mm-hmm. just just enhances what you've already got, right? Which is kind of cool. Yeah, so I like that. I like that. All right, my number three, the mantle of blood vengeance. <laughs> it's got a great name. <laughs> I like that one. I kind of condensed. Basically, when if you're wearing this mantle, if you get hit by piercing or slashing damage, your blood erupts and sprays <laughs> your opponent and does acid damage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it just, I saw this, and the first thing that came to mind is if you've ever seen, oh, this just popped into my head. I should have had it planned. Um, Kill Bill. Okay. I, I, I know you haven't. Mm-hmm. Any of listeners, if you watched Kill Bill, Tarantino's so over the top that there's a scene where a character beheads another one and it's like out of focus, but you just see this this high powered spray oh, yeah. of blood that's so unrealistic, and that's what I thought. Is you get right. slashed and it just yeah 
So that would be fun to role play. That's cool. I like that. Um, yeah, I'm picturing a lot of I, what I was thinking when you were describing that was uh, Saturday Night Live doing oh. their, their spoofs of like blood spurting everywhere. It's been a while since I've seen that. Julia Child. That's it. Yeah. Oh, seem to have cut myself a bit here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just squirting all over the place. So, all right. Very good. Oh, we were going to take a break. I think I could use a quick break before I uh, gear up for my next item. So this is Teachers in the Dungeon. We will be right back. And now it's time for another installment of Our Texas Has an Episode. All right, so I'm taking a look around for Our Texas here. Oh, here's Our Texas. You're eating cereal. <laughs> what? What the f***, Tom? Leave me alone. Well, no, it's it's I'm time. Eating. It's time for your episode. Uh, our Texas has an episode, so I thought we'd come in and uh, I have a question for you. You know, we usually have our listeners. You okay over there? You, you get that? You, you swallow that cereal real quick here. You all right? You need to shut up. <laughs> well, this is your episode. We don't have to do it. What all do you right. want? What do you oh, want? Just yep. get this done quick. Okay. So our Texas usually we have. <laughs> Well, usually, Mom, yeah. <laughs> our Texas, get some milk. Come on, all right. So, anyway, our Texas, we usually ask our listeners what some of their favorite uh, things are, like favorite undead and things like Stupid. that. And so, I know it's your favorite part of the show, but what I wanted to ask you is, you know, here's the monster manual. Flip through the monster manual. What are some? We're gonna go a different route with you. What is? What are some monsters that you really hate in the monster manual? I don't look anything like this. <laughs> you don't like your picture in the monster manual? That I know who that is. Oh. Who who that, is who is that? That's Dallas. I hate him. <laughs> they did a picture of Dallas for in the monster manual He's for your good race. Good-looking one. They always have to have a picture of Dallas. Write to somebody about this. <laughs> I was supposed to be in there. They told me I was me. I, I love I love how when you go to the monster manual to look for something that you hate, you first go check your picture to see if it's in there. That's pretty funny. But what it's are some monsters? It's not funny. Oh well, I mean, I thought it was. Are funny. you in? No, you're not in there, are you? No. Nope, I'm not. Thank goodness. I don't want to be a monster. I'm a hero. But nonetheless, <laughs> flip through the book. What are some monsters that you hate in there? He's looking, folks. He's he's looking. Well, well, uh, Dragloth. I hate Dragloth. Oh yeah, I bet you do. I mean, if if it weren't for us, the Tieflings Jacks, you, well, we might not be having this conversation today. You're you remember? Full of shit. Well, <laughs> I saved you. I saved your. Okay. Hey, remember, it's a family, family show. Family show. Family yeah, show. Yeah, that's right. You know it. Oh wait, I took that thing on single-handed, and you guys were fighting, stomping on spiders or something stupid. Well, I mean, we got killed. You know, we had to, but we came in at the end and took. So is that is that yeah, the monster once I you softened hate? him up? Uh, what about that other monster, the, the big cloud? Remember that guy that we saved you from too? I bet you hate him. I forget what that's called. Well, demons are just nasty. Yeah. So do you have a favorite demon that, that you hate? Basu. Well, again. Oh yeah. Again, I'm the one having to take it on the chin while you guys run around and. Smash into walls or something. I don't know what you were doing. Well, we were keeping other creatures from attacking you. So, you know, there was that. You know, without us, that battle wouldn't have gone the way you thought it went. Yeah, if I had real fighters helping me, it would have been a lot easier. That's what I think. So, uh, you know, so, you know, you had to kind of have our help. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those were your... All right. No, I, shut up. Shut up. I found one I hate. Hey, okay. What Pixies. Pixies? 
<laughs> just so little and cute. Oh. It's disgusting. Listen to that. You have a do you have a heart? Do you have a heart for pixies there? Shut you, up. You think they're cute? Shut up. Mom! I mean, I, well, hey, you know. Is Tabby called yet? I'm supposed to have a he's he's coming over. <laughs> okay, well, so I think we've got our answer. Uh, our Texas, your monster that you hate the most is pixies. Is that correct? Because they're so cute. Yeah, whatever. I'm gonna eat some more cereal. All right, well, there we go. We hope you've enjoyed today's installment of Our Texas Has an Episode. And now, back to the show. And we're back on Teachers in the Dungeon. I hope everyone enjoyed that Our Texas episode. That was that was a lot <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I don't know if Our Texas enjoyed it. But. Yeah, I'm not so sure, but he enjoys his <laughs> Thing at all, but um, you know, he he loves the camera. Maybe it's the podcasting, and maybe the you know, he podcasting doesn't have the camera, which is he was hoping for. But no. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so we're back to our top three magic items out of Cobalt Press's Vault of Magic, and my second is a a battle axe. I'm sorry, it's a oh, it could be a battle axe or great axe, and it's called the Labors L A B Y R S, the Labors of the Raging Bull. Hmm. I don't think it has any tie-in to the movie Raging Bull. It's nothing boxing or anything like that. But anyway, um, what's cool about this, and I can see someone like Borum getting his hands on something like this. It's uh, So the labors of the Raging Bull, you gain plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this magic weapon. While you wield the axe, you have advantage on strength checks to shove a creature, and you can shove a creature up to two to three times, um, uh, three to two, jeez, oh, up to two sizes larger than you. So I'm looking at Borum, you know, coming in with the axe and just hacking and then shoving them into someone else's range, giving Rix or Derishlay or someone an attack of opportunity as they come stumbling in. Or there have been a number of times where we just want to get, we just want to like spread the battle out a little bit because I don't know. Our DM just has this this knack <laughs> of like getting us locked into hallways in these massive battles. So the labors of Raging Bull could be a way to kind of clear out that front line and uh, and help open up that spot. But I don't know. I just I just really like that that it's, it's not just the level one. Or, I'm sorry, a plus one battle axe or great axe, but you get this advantage on strength checks to shove a creature. I just think that's really cool because there's a lot of times I think we. We don't role play through stuff like that. We just don't think of it because it's it's going to take my action or right. it's going to do this right. or that. But, you know, when you think about real battle, and I go back to those reels that you always share with me of that group that There's LARPs a, in England. Spain. Spain. Okay. Do you know the, do you know their <sighs> name? I'm following them on Instagram. I should I should give a shout out. Anyway, to them. but they they're they're out there. I just, don't even think you call that LARPing because they're really hitting they, each yeah, other. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think that's the closest thing that my brain has to it. But yeah, it's very real. I mean, they're they're hitting each other with real metal axes and or not axes, but maces and stuff, and they're just beating the heck out of each other. And I think about you know, so when I think about this this axe, I'm like, okay, so yeah. It, It'd be natural for you to just slam into somebody and then shove them to try to get them to fall prone or something like that. There are battle maneuvers like that for fighters, whereas part of your part of your attack you can shove. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this, I think, and I've noticed there's a pattern in this book where they'll they'll take things like that from various classes and put them into a magic weapon. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. So yeah, I really like that. All right, what's your next one? Okay. 
My next one is Dragonfire Pepper. Oh, I like the sound of this. So again, this one this one combines just goofiness with fun role play and also something that could be useful. It is a hot pepper that you eat and it burns your mouth, but then you get resistance to fire damage oh. for an hour. And this is what cracks me up the most is you can exhale fire in a 15-foot cone for 4d4 damage. Whoa. With it. <laughs> So it reminds nice. me of cartoons. Reminds me of cartoons where oh, yeah. <laughs> people eat a fire, you know, eat a hot pepper and then yeah, and then they just blow. like yeah. it comes flying out. So. Either their either their lid blows off <laughs> or they breathe it out of their mouth, and that's great. I love that. But I love that it gives you fire resistance in addition to the fire breath. Mm-hmm. How, is it just one time? Do you remember? I think it's. Most of these I noticed were for a minute or for an hour. Oh, okay. So I would guess it's for a minute. Cool. That's fun. All right. My uh, my third one is this is not something that Borm... Well, I guess Borm could use this, but it'd be unlikely for him to. He'd probably pass it on to somebody who has better, more offensive spells than he does. But this is called the Extract of Dual-Mindedness. Hmm. And so um, this comes out of the chapter of Potions and Scrolls. It's, it's a legendary potion, and it says this potion can be distilled from a hormone found in a hypothalamus of a two-headed giant of genius intellect. <laughs> uh, I would guess that that's why it's a legendary item and not something that's just commonly found here or there. But for one minute after drinking this potion, you can concentrate on two spells at the same time and you have advantage on constitution saving throws to maintain your concentration on a spell when you take damage. Oh, that's cool. Can you imagine some of these spells that like are ongoing on the battlefield, but you have to protect, you know, you're protecting your spellcaster, but that one spell is worth it. Here, it's two spells, and they get advantage on their saving throws to maintain it. So you still probably want to protect your spellcaster, but it may not be quite as important, and and if they're you know they're they've got ranged or something, and they're just targeting that person, they still get that bonus. Hold person and chain lightning or something. like yeah, that. Yeah, right. I mean, there's so many things. I'm even thinking. Um, oh, I, now I forgot what I was thinking. But well, I mean, there's a lot of protection spells that you put out there that it'd be nice to have, like the protection spell, but then also let them continue. Yeah. You know, using offensive spells on top of that. So. That would be a really cool potion to have for the big bad or the perceived big bad in, you know, <laughs> an adventure or something like that. Yeah. Like when you're really up against the wall and you really need those spells. So extract of dual mindedness, legendary potion. All right. My top favorite item in here to both be useful and fun to role play was potion of bouncing. Oh, nice. So... It's exactly what you think. You take this and your body turns rubbery. You are immune to falling damage. And you can bounce the same distance you fall. And you can redirect. Oh. So if you fell, you could just come right back to where you started. Or if it was a situation where you were trying to get across Mm -hmm. something, you could bounce across. Cool. So I'm picturing if you're in a city... And you're on a rooftop chase, 
that you could down this and just bounce through the, like from building to building by going, you know, bouncing off the street, coming back yeah. on the other side and you keep could. going. So that, or, or any kind of chase would be kind of cool for that. Or if you've got a chasm you need to cross, you might be able to. I don't, I have to go back and look if there are limits to how far, but I don't think there was. Yeah. I mean, it didn't magic. sound from your, from your description. That's cool. I like that. So I thought that would be kind of fun. Yeah. All right, so I know we said we were going to do a top three. I know you've got others. I've, I've got one more that I no. want to mention. Yeah. It's not it's not my top three because it's really specific to, and I don't know, the power of it, not so much, but it's a great role-playing magic item. Mm-hmm. And bo- this would be Borms. No doubt about it, it is the Mug of Merry Drinking. I saw that one. It's a that wondrous cool. item, but it's common. And uh, while you hold this broad, tall mug, any liquid placed inside it warms or cools to exactly the temperature you want it, though the mug can't freeze or boil liquid. If you drop the mug, this, is, this would be Borm's favorite part, if you drop the mug or it is knocked from your hand, it always lands upright without spilling its contents. <laughs> Dude, that nice. is, oh, I could use that in real life. <laughs> That and so many other things you that this book is really good at is they're not going to change the outcome of a battle, but they might change the outcome of a social encounter. Yes. That, you know, that, that any of these things could really, or some of these goofy things. Yeah. You, you play it right. Like your your slippers that you talked about. Right. The, what were they, slippers of comfort? I think they were just called comfy, no, comfy slippers. Comfy slippers, yeah. Not even like a D&D <laughs> sounding name, just comfy slippers. Like we talked about that too at lunch where like you could use it to try to gain the favor of, I was picturing like some type of a, you know, an intelligent monster that you're trying right. to persuade to do something and you're like, man, do your feet look, do you ever like, are your feet sore? And they get, of course I'm, oh, Oh, well, let me, here, let me give you these, try these on. (laughs) Just watching like a troll, I don't know if they're that big, but you know, watching a cobalt or someone like that try on these comfy slippers and just find it absolute divine. And so then if it's a recurring character, every time you come across this cobalt, he's got his comfy comfy (laughs) slippers. (laughs) That would be good. That would be really fun. So anyway, but yeah, I like that is one thing I like about a lot of the things I saw in here is is you're right. Not a, I mean, there are some that can change. I mean, like the 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 one the exact extract of dual mindedness. I mean, I think that could change. But many things in here are more role play magic items. They reward creativity. You have yeah, to be creative yeah. with how you use them, and then they could be devastating. I like that. Game changing. Yeah. So this is this is the person that would want to buy this book. Well, first of all, I think any DM would benefit from the Vault of Magic. Mm-hmm. But if you are a player and you're like me, where you, the only reason you ever get the Dungeon Master's Guide out is to flip through that like three quarters of the way back in the DM's Guide is where right. the list of magic items are. Mm-hmm. And you just like for inspiration, you like going there and kind of flipping through and seeing what the magic items are that are out there and how might you reward your players. This is that kind of book. This is the book that you're just going to... I don't know. Yeah, you're going to look at your shelf it. and you're going to pull it off and kind of flip through. And, and you can even create like even mini adventures based on the acquisition of something that's in here. And like Dan said, it doesn't have to be a, a game changing magic, magic item. It could just be something really cool to reward them with mm-hmm. that might and probably will 
improve the role play and creativity of your characters and how they're going to use that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think you're right. So, so definitely check it out. It's uh, Cobalt Press is where you can get it. And check out their, their social media every now and then. And I'm not, we're, no spokes, we're not spokespeople for Cobalt Press. They're not paying for this. Mm-hmm. But I would just say that I know from time to time they will, they will put out their 20% off sales. They'll do sales on their books from time to time. And I have no idea when one would be coming or maybe it's not as common as I think it is. But I know right before GaryCon, they were running a 20% off sale okay. on several of their books. So keep your eye out there, but definitely this is this is a fun book to just pull off the shelf, look at, maybe for inspiration, rewards for your players, or just fun to kind of dig through and look at their creativity because it is it is pretty creative. You'll see a lot of references to obscure pop culture that D and Ders would be likely to understand. True. So yeah, very good. Well, before we wrap up the show, there's a couple items of news that just oh, right. came yeah. out. I mean, almost hours before, at least 24 hours before we recorded this. So we wanted to get it out there for everyone. Let's uh, let's do this one first. The news came out, Dungeons & Dragons, Wizards of the Coast, is purchasing D&D Beyond. All right, yeah. And I think there's a lot of cool things that could come from that. And what it actually reminded me of is that D&D Beyond has never been a part of Wizards of the Coast. They have integrated so well. I was going to say, I don't that, think I ever knew that. Uh, that I would like, I just completely forgot that it was a separate entity than Wizards. And it also answers the question that was always so grating on my mind is why do I have to buy? Like, I bought the print book and now I have to mm-hmm. turn around and buy it on DD Beyond. And mm-hmm. that just, I don't want to say it, it made me mad, but I was always like, why can't there be a code in the back of the D&D DMs guide right. to give me, you know, that, that material at least, at least at a discount? Well, it's because they were two different companies. Companies. And so maybe, fingers crossed, that that might be something that changes going forward. You, you, said, you said that when we were talking about that lunch today, and I, I thought that'd be awesome. And I thought, how angry will the current customers be? If they shelled out 450 bucks for these things and now new people are going to get them for free. Oh, well, that is true. And so maybe it would be just on things that are are um, purchased going forward from this and maybe just on new content. I don't know. It's just something that yeah, I would something. love. I would love to see something work that way now that the company that owns the books and content also owns the online D&D Beyond. It'd be nice to see some type of toss back to us as the definitely fans. definitely um i know marcus one of his biggest concerns was so like are they going to take everything away that i've purchased thus far all that kind of thing so on the notice on the dungeon on the dnd website where they make this uh it's not the press release it's just a uh, article that they put out there i want to read this paragraph that i think should put everyone hopefully at ease on that they say you're probably wondering what kind of change this change might happen as a result of these two teams coming together. So let's make this clear. All bold here. We have no plans to stop supporting D&D Beyond. They continue by saying the purchases you've made, the characters you've created, and the campaigns you're running aren't going anywhere. I guess I just as a fan and in good faith, I assumed that that would be the case, but Mm -hmm. it's nice to see it in writing. Yeah. Because, you know, some people have, have invested $400 $400 to buy the legendary pack or they've individually purchased books or modules or even those like PDF packs. I think that's doing it right. Yeah. 
The other announcement that came out uh, just in the last 24 hours is a reveal party or a reveal of, I think, D&D going forward. And they're calling it D&D Direct. And it's on April 21st, so just a couple days after the publication of this or the, the posting of our show. And they here's what they say about uh, D&D Direct. They title it Illuminating 2022 and Beyond. See exclusive reveals across the world's greatest role-playing game, books, video games, entertainment, and more. This is one jam-packed show. Don't miss all new D&D announcements starting April 21st at 9 a.m. Pacific time. You might even find a few surprises. On this announcement, which again is on dndwizards.com, they, um, they give the two locations where you'll be able to watch this, and you can look at the announcement even though I just read it to you. They'll be doing this announcement on YouTube as well as their Twitch channels. The th- one thing that just caught my eye here mm-hmm. um, as I was reading this is we know we've got a book coming out on May, I believe, 17th. We also have um, a compilation adventure book coming out with, and again, I don't recall the name of the book, something Radiant Citadel or something like that. But this says, all don't miss all new D&D announcements. So I think this is beyond everything that we already know hmm. that's still coming out. That's how I interpret that. And, I mean, it says the, the role-playing game, books, video games, entertainment... That opens up a that that's a big so like window. I don't know what exactly that means. Do they mean like the live play streaming that they've got? Maybe live pre live play streaming. Well, I'm sure they're connected with the D and D movie that's, that's supposedly under production. That's kind of what I'm wondering, and I always hate to speculate, but but I wonder if if there'll be some announcements like that. I don't know. We'll be at work during that announcement, but we will pick it up afterwards and I'm sure we'll come on and we'll give some of our reactions to the things that they talk about. I'm sure no doubt will be exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see a a throwback to some of, even though I'm not really a toy collector, I'd love to see some stuff like that come out. I know when I was a teen, when we were teens, they had a line of action figures. Oh, why why am I not remembering the names of their of the characters now but there was there was a line of action figures that I had several of them uh, War Duke was one of them he's like a barbarian kind of character and they had a sorcerer and some others a cleric uh, paladin maybe but uh, I'd love to see something like that uh, where there's like hmm. a toy line um, yeah. to kind of grab the attention of young players and uh, bring them into the fold of Dungeons and Dragons that way maybe some new games who knows this could be a lot of fun so I want to let everyone know, if you didn't catch that, that that is out there. So Thursday, April 21st is when that will happen. Well, my gosh, what a full show. Our taxes mm-hmm. got grouchy. We had news. We had the <laughs> Vault of Magic. We had social media, our question of the week. Let us know. Let us know how we're doing. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you're thinking when it comes to Dungeons & Dragons. Just your thoughts on all of that. So... For Dan Ream, I'm Tom Gross. This is Teachers in the Dungeon. We'll see you next time. See you soon. That wraps up today's session. So thank you for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? 
check the show notes for our website and our contact information. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.